Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing all right so far today. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, all of our network churches. To each and every one of you with us online, we are so glad that you are here. This might be kind of strange to hear, but every single Sunday, I still, even after 15 years of doing this, I still get so excited to see who's going to come, just to see the new faces that are going to show up, to see friends that I've known for years. And so I cannot say this strongly enough. We are genuinely thrilled that every last one of you have decided to worship with us here today, okay? Now, one, six, seven. What in the heck does that mean, right? Like, like, what is that? Last week, we showed this video, and I had a group of people come up to me, and they're like, what is that? Like, like what is it? Is that like a scripture reference? Like, what is the one, six, seven all about? Well, let me explain. So there are 24 hours in a day, correct? And there are seven days in a week. And so that means that there are 168 hours in a week. By the way, I've never heard that number before. There's, a, there's 168 hours in a week. Now, as Christians, many of us, not all of us, but many of us, we spend one of those hours in church, right? Out of that 168, we spend one of those hours in church. But what do you do with the remaining 167? Like, what do you do with the other 168 hours that are available in every single week? I'll say it for us as Christians, as, as churches, especially as pastors, I'll confess this to you. We are focused and consumed with the one hour. Like, it is all about getting our butts to church each Sunday for that one specific hour. And for so many of us growing up, that was it. Like that's, that's all it took to be a good Christian was just suffer through, make it through the one hour and you're good to go. Sound familiar? Even more honest, I'm guessing that for a bunch of us, we've maybe been turned off from God because throughout our lives, we've crossed paths with different Christians who were really, really good at the one. We, we cross paths, maybe a family member, a college classmate. You cross paths with someone who is a Christian who is really, really good at the one, but the other six, one, six, seven, looks no different than anybody else. Anybody know a Christian like that? Again, they talk about the one, but when it comes to the one, six, seven, their lives were no different. Even worse, they were actually worse than other, other people. Again, what do we do with the one, six, seven? Seven. Now, yes, the one hour each week in church is important. Yes, that one hour sets up the rest of our week, and we'll get to that. But again, what about the remaining 167 other hours that God has given us? When I meet with people, one of the things that they often tell me is that they're trying to figure this out. Like they're trying to figure out how does God, how does Jesus actually become a part of their lives? Like they get excited about Jesus on Sunday and then Monday happens. Again, what does it look like to follow Jesus in our actual lives? And really what they're trying to ask is how does the one impact and change their one, six, seven? Like how does their one bleed into everything else? Well, this right here is exactly what this whole series is about. 
Just to tell you from the start, for this entire series, we're going to be looking at one chapter in the Bible, only one chapter, Romans chapter 12. If you have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to invite you to open it up to Romans chapter 12. You can use the, the Bible on your phone. If you don't have the Bible on your phone, go and search Bible app. It's a free app, not connected to Embrace. It's just a great tool. Go and download it. Open it up to Romans chapter 12. But this, 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 this chapter, it's so perfect for this series. Why? Because it it tells us and it shows us how to let the one impact the one, six, seven. So the, this book of Romans is a letter written by a guy named Paul to the church in Rome. And, and it's, it's truly an amazing book. It's one of my, my personal favorites. Just to note it, though, it can also be really confusing to read. I just want to give you that heads up. And so as, throughout this series, if you decide, I'm going to try to read through the entire book of Romans, which I think is an awesome thing to do, by the way. If you choose to do that, find a translation that's easy for you to understand. But many people and biblical scholars believe that this letter, the book, of Romans is one of the most important parts of the Bible because it lays out so well what Jesus and his life and his death and resurrection all mean for us. Again, throughout this series, we're going to be staying in this one chapter, Romans chapter 12, and starting in verse 1, here is what we are told. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul goes on to say, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this chapter, it starts with his word, therefore. In seminary, our professors would always say, if you see the word therefore, you need to ask, what is it there for? It's like the original dad joke or something, but it's actually a real deal. So you want to apply that. Well, well to fill you in, as, as we just shared, we're going to be focusing on Romans chapter 12. Well, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, it is all Jesus, 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 Jesus. The first 11 chapters, it's all about who Jesus is, what does Jesus do for us. It's, it's all about how Jesus overcame sin and death and that by faith, we can be made right with God. It's like 11 chapters of Paul preaching this really, really long sermon about Jesus. And then again, at the very start of chapter 12, Paul says, therefore, it's like this turning point in Romans. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, but Paul's basically saying, therefore, in light of everything that I just shared in the previous 11 chapters, therefore, in light of everything that you know about Jesus and what he's done in your life, this is what you should do with it. Again, therefore, this is what you should do. This applies to even you and I. Therefore, in light of everything that you know about Jesus and I know about Jesus, this is what you should do with your one, six, seven. Continuing on though, again, Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Just say it again what the heck is going on? You know, it's like sacrificing bodies. I didn't know I was showing up to a cult. You should try our Kool-Aid in the entryway. It's very, very good. Okay. But it's like, what is happening here? Well, at this time, as a way to worship, church word, as a way to trust God, as a way to show God that you loved him, you would sacrifice a part of what you had to God. Getting more specific, Jewish families would take one of their best animals, 
a sheep, a goat, one of their best that they had, one that was valuable to them, one that was perfect, one that could reproduce, one that was important to them as farmers, and they would take it and they would sacrifice it to God as a way to show their trust in him. Now, this might seem kind of strange and outdated, but so often as Jesus followers, we do a very similar thing. I mean, so many of us, we take these small parts of our lives and we give them, or you could say, we sacrifice them to God. Like before we eat a meal, many of us, I'm guessing even as children, you used to do this. Many of us sacrifice a little bit of time to, to pray and thank God for the meal we're about to eat. And many of us, we take some of our money and we, we sacrifice it. We give it to God. We give it to our church and other places as a way to honor him. And just as we're doing right now, each Sunday, you give up your time. You sacrifice one hour each week to come to this church and other churches to hear about Jesus, to come and sing and thank God. Again, so many of us, we take these small parts of our lives and we give them, we sacrifice them to God. And sure, it's maybe not our best animal. I didn't see anybody bringing up their best lamb today. At least I didn't. But we maybe didn't bring our best animal, but we're still sacrificing something, right? Well, hear this. What, what Paul is saying here is so intense. And this would have been like game-changing. He completely alters things. Paul's saying God's not wanting us to give him a part of our lives. He's not even asking us to give him like parts of our life. Instead, he wants all of us. Paul's saying he doesn't want us to sacrifice a little bit here and a little bit of time here and a little bit of energy and money here. No, he, he, he's saying God doesn't want us to, to give a sacrifice. He's wanting us to be a sacrifice. Paul's like changing things up. You're used to bringing like this one thing and giving it. No, I'm, I don't want you to give a sacrifice. I want you to be a sacrifice. I'm not looking for parts of you. I'm looking for all of you. You could say it this way. God's not after our one. He wants our one, six, seven. Not, not the one. God's like, I'm after your one, six, seven. Let me explain it this way. So often you and I, we're, we're good at segmenting our lives, segmented it into parts. And so within each week, we have the work part of our life. And some of us that's bigger than others and others of us have the family part of our lives. Or maybe for you, it's the dating and relationships part of your life. Or there's a hobby, or maybe for you, sports is a big deal, either for you or your kids. And so there's the sports part, there's the, there's the hobby part, there's the, there's the work, working out part. We have all these different parts. And then some of us, again, as I mentioned, some of us, we have this one part that's the God part. And so we have that, again, that's that one hour that we give to God, that one part that we, we give and we come to church for one hour on Sunday. But again, we have all these different segments and all these different parts and they're all in their nice, nice little, little sections. Once again, though, what Paul is telling us is God doesn't want one part. He wants all the parts. He, he's not after one hour. He's after all the hours. Paul's saying, though, like, you have all these, these different segments of your life and God is just, one thing, I'm not looking for you to, to, to give a sacrifice. I'm looking for you to, to be a sacrifice. I'm after all of it. Every part, all that you are. 
Paul goes on to say more, though. Listen to what he says. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. I'm I'm not sure about you, but at least for me, I grew up thinking this word worship was the one hour that we've been talking about on Sunday mornings. It was like the one hour each week where you had to tuck in your shirt and you had a a smile and then you got there and you kneeled and you stood and you sat down. And then after that, you kneeled and you stood and you sat down. It was like an aerobics class. It's like, does the pastor think we're overweight or something? Why are we doing this? He's so mean. It was the one hour that you had to be really, really quiet which was incredibly hard for a hyper demon-possessed kid like I was. And if you're like, that's really strong language. I don't really like you referring to yourself as hyper and demon-possessed. Talk to my mother. She would say, actually, hyper and demon-possessed is being very, very kind when you're talking about my, my, my son. But this was worship. It was this, this, this one thing. It, it's, it was this one thing. Paul, though, what, is, what does Paul say? Paul says true worship. It's not the one, it's the one, six, seven. Worship, it's not this one hour, it's your life. It's not this part, it's everything. True and proper worship, it's not the one, it's the one, six, seven. I'll say it for you. Just covering the one doesn't sound so bad anymore, does it? It's like, is it too late to get in on that, on that deal? Like, can I still get grandfathered into the thing? Like, can we possibly? Like, it's just a whole lot easier just to worry about that one thing. I mean, that way we can check our God box one hour, and then we can go on with our actual lives. Pastor, I don't know if you know this, we actually have actual lives. Like, we, we survive that one hour, and then as soon as we can, we're unbuttoning our shirt, and we're taking it off because we never wear it except on Sundays. We throw our hair out. For those of you who have hair, God forgive you. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's that, right? And seriously, maybe you thought that's what this whole God church worship thing was all about. It's just like, no, Pastor, I thought, I thought, God, it was all about get baptized, make it through confirmation and catechism, and then for the rest of your life, all you need to do is just check this one box, survive this one hour, and you're, you're good to go. Maybe even right now, you're like, this is actually, up until about five minutes ago, I just thought was reality, but maybe you're just like, I, that's, that's still what I believe right now, and I don't, I don't want to be rude, and I say this, Genuinely, I don't want to be rude. It's not true, though. It's not at all what God wants. And you're like, I just want to go back to what, as a kid, that's what I did, and that's what my family, it's not what God's ever wanted. It's not the one, it's the, the one, six, seven. It's not what he's ever wanted. He wants all of us. Just in hearing this, I'm guessing right now, some of you are thinking, okay, that's, I understand what you're saying. God, you can have my one. I don't want you to have my one, six, seven. Now, I understand now, I, I get what you're saying and I get what Paul is saying in that letter to Rome or whatever you're talking about. You can have my one. You can't have my one, six, seven. I mean, I mean I'm still game to give you this one hour and if I'm Feeling generous, I'll give you an extra little extra time, a little extra money, a little extra energy. Here, you, you, like, you can have my one, but I don't want you to have my one, six, seven. Why? 
because I have a life. I got my life. I don't know if you know this, God, but I got my work part. You know, you kind of have to work to pay bills. It's kind of how things work, you know? And I'm, I'm working on it, but I'm trying to be better with my family because I'm just not good because work. And so I'm, I got my family part, God, and life's too short. You got to enjoy it. I got my entertainment part, and I got my sports part over here, and I got, I got relationships. I got that. I got Friday nights, which I'd rather you not even really see or even know about. Like, you can have, you can have my one. I don't want you to have my one, six, seven. My response, I get it. I get it. First part of my life, I wanted nothing to do with God. My eyes, church, God, worship was like a root canal. You just try to survive it, do the bare minimum just to, to, to make it through. I fully understand being at this place. And if that's you, know that you are fully welcome for that one hour each week to come and, and, and check that box. Even that's, that's how you feel. Like, I can't say it strongly enough. You don't have to live or believe the same things that we live or believe to belong here. Like, we are genuinely, just as I started, but we're thrilled that you're here. But I, I do have to be honest and say, that's not what God wants. Again, God doesn't want just the one. He wants your 167. And to be clear, he doesn't want your 167 so you can be miserable. He doesn't want your life so you can, so you can hate your life. It's, it's actually just the opposite. Listen to what Paul goes on to say. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Paul's basically saying that, that when you give God your everything, that God and his good and perfect and pleasing will will be in your everything. God wants you to give him your 167 so that he can be a part of your 167. God wants to be in everything so he can move in everything, not just for an hour, but in every hour. Again, he wants all of us, not so we can be miserable, it's just the opposite. Just, just listen to this. If God is love, if God is truly awesome, if God is wholeness and joy, if, if following Jesus is an adventure, I won't speak for you, at least for me, I don't want that just for an hour. I, I want it in every hour. I want it in every part of I am, that I am. On a regular basis, people often come to me and they'll say, Sunday morning is my favorite part of the week. I love coming to church. And I leave feeling re re like refreshed and filled up and renewed, but then Monday comes. Then life happens. And yes, again, there's absolutely something special that happens when all of us gather together. There's something unique that happens when we gather together on Sundays. Yes, this, this matters. Yes, this is so important. Yes, as Jesus followers, I would argue it's one of the most critical things we can do. But what if God wants us to experience all of this, not just for an hour, but every hour? Yes, I, yes there's, there's something unique. But what if he wants to experience all of this not just in a part, but in, in every part. God wants your all so he can fill your all. 
He wants your 167 so he can be in your 167. So he can, he can fill your 167. So he can use your 167. So he can lead you and guide you in every part of your 167. God wants your all so he can fill it all. In every part, in every hour, in every week. All of it. To be clear, this doesn't mean the 167 is going to be easy. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a cakewalk. Once again, just speaking for myself, I want this. I want it. More than one, I need it. I need it. Okay, so how do we do this, right? Like, how do we find this? Well, that's a great question. Like, how do I bring Jesus into my 167? How do I invite him into the, the work part of my life and my family part of my life and dating and relationships part of my life and the decisions part of my life and my private, the private part of my life and hobbies and every part? Like, how, how, do, I, how do I allow God to move into every part of me? This is exactly what the entire rest of this series is about. Again, we're gonna stay in this one chapter, Romans chapter 12. And all, all it just shares, and it just so well, this lays out for us. How do you let the one impact one, six, seven? But today, we're gonna keep things really simple today. And there's, 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 there's one takeaway, and it's a challenge. And the challenge is just, is this, this, it's just a question. Do you want God in your one, six, seven? You want God in your one, six, seven. To be clear, this is a question where you're not responding to me, you're responding to him. Do you want God in your one, six, seven? Let me explain this. Maybe for you, you grew up in the church and you believe in God, but he's never actually been a part of your life. Do you want him in your one, six, seven? Maybe, maybe for you, 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 you got baptized, you've been pretty good at checking the God box in your life, but do you want him in every part of your life? To be clear, there's others of us who love Jesus and we read our Bibles and we're, we're, we are Jesus people. We got baptized as an adult. And yes, he's in, he's in parts of our lives, but we have yet to invite him into so many other parts of our lives. Maybe for you, you used to be all in with God. I mean, he was just everything. And you're maybe still like pushing out the persona that you are, but he used to be a part of everything. But slowly life just got you distracted. The work part got you distracted. The sports part with your kids got you distracted. And slowly you put other things in, as in the priority seat before God. Or maybe for you, it's just been one bad decision after the next. And slowly, maybe it was shame, Slowly, you just push God out. Again, the question for all of us, and I'm talking about all of us, myself included, do you want God in your one, six, seven? Do you? Today, if the answer is yes, at all campuses and network churches, we, we just wanna give you the simple bracelet that says one, six, seven on it. As you leave at all campuses and network churches, you, you can grab one. Obviously, there's nothing special about this bracelet. Nothing special. My hope and prayer, though, is throughout the week, it would be a constant reminder to us that we would just, just every time we see it, we'd stop just for a moment and invite God in to that part of our lives. When we're at work, 
and we feel like we're a robot instead of a person with a soul, we'd see that 167, God, would you be a part of my work? And when we're with our family, whether it's, it's a, an enjoyable time or we're exhausted and we're, we're just trying to love our kids and we just want to walk out of the room and close the door, we'd see this 167, God, would you be at the center of my family? I can't be the dad that you want me to be. I can't be the mom you want me to be. I need you. Later in this, the week when we're at little, little League Baseball, see that 167. Later in the week when we go up to the hospital to visit someone that we love that's not doing very well, we see that 167. Later in the week when we have this hard conversation we've been putting off with a loved one, with, with, a, with a friend, that, that we, there's this brokenness that we just see that 167 and we just stop. We just say, Jesus, I don't want you to be a part of my life. I want you to be my life. I don't want you in parts. I want you in all that I am. I don't just want you for the one. I want you in my one, six, seven. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for you. I'm so grateful that you come and you speak to us in a way that all of us can understand. Whether we're, we're here for the first time or we've been here for a long time, God, I'm so grateful. You just come and you speak to us. I gotta believe there, there's, there's someone here that's hearing this and it's like, that changes everything about everything I've ever believed. I've been so good about checking that box or so good about feeling condemned because I haven't checked that box for a long time. You want it all, God? You wanna be a part of all of it? I just, too, I just feel too broken for that to be true. I've, I just feel too jaded for that to be true. I feel like my soul is dead, God. But if that's true, I, I want it. And so today, I, I, maybe, maybe you're not at this place. Yes, Lord, I want you a part of my 167. Yes, I want you to be a part of all that I am, Lord. And so I invite you in. God, with these bracelets, they're so simple. It almost kind of seems like, like really we're giving out these bracelets. So they'd be a constant reminder to invite you, to invite you, to invite you, to ask you, to invite you into every part of who we are. God, we don't want you just in our one. We want you in our one, six, seven. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.